Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. I'm a draft man. Boom, boom. <laughs> yeah, I'm a draft man. Welcome back to Saturday Draft Live. Um, that was Billy Gunn's music, but it is me, David Campbell, joined once again, as always, by Scott. Scott, where does that rank on bad intros? <laughs> oh, I want to laugh at that intro, David, but to be honest with you, I'm very disappointed in you after last week. Why? Right, so Scott mailed me, right, and he was like, I have a bone to pick with you, and I'm like, is that a small bone, a, a big bone, and he's like, an above average bone, and I'm like, well, that's more interesting than any of the above. Scott, can you tell me why you're annoyed at me? Now, David, I don't ask for much in life, <laughs> and I asked you last week for one thing, and to, to explain to the good people as to why... Daniel Campbell is no longer allowed on the show, and you made it seem like the pettiest thing in the whole world. <laughs> saying that, oh, he said, apparently, apparently he said that Saturday Draft Live wasn't the best show in extra. It was more than that. It was, more, it was the fact that while we were all plugging shows at the end of the Elimination Chamber pod, he was there, like the spare prick with nothing to plug. So I offered him a spot on the show out of the goodness of my heart, and he spat right in my face. And so that is why he's on the ban list. And you know what? After, after his cheek last week, so oh, it's actually four way fatal, it's the best show. Gary Kernan, <laughs> he, he's banned as well. Him, his children, and his children's children for three months. <laughs> They're all on the ban list. <laughs> Guys, um, two people who aren't on the ban list as of yet are Stephen Wilson and Dave Topney. Guys, welcome. Alright, uh, Yeah. So you guys are here for ve- a very important reason. Obviously, Stephen is uh, currently and maybe till the end of time uh, the Eat Sleep Suplex Retreat champion. Say it loud and say it proud. <laughs> David Hockney won the last season of the draft. Say it which, loud, say it proud. Which Stop means... stealing patter. <laughs> <laughs> which of course means we will have our draft title opportunity today and that will happen at the climax uh, at the apex at the peak of today's show gentlemen just to get us off how are you feeling about your opportunity today i'm very confident you know dave's a bottler you know this bottles everything you know <laughs> hey, did i bottle it when i won season three in very convincing fashion might i add mm, well yeah, the trash that doesn't take skill, you know, that doesn't take confidence, that doesn't take feeling the pressure. That is being lucky that you think that you picked Drew McIntyre and he wins the Rumble. No one thought he was going to win the Rumble when you picked No, 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 hang on. Mr. Campbell said it best in that, you know, you have to have the foresight to see who's going to be hot property going into WrestleMania season, and I did that. I had Charlotte Flair, I had Drew McIntyre, I had Adam Cole, baby, and that was what led me to a season three win, and now I'm going to make the most of this opportunity well, and become the very first draft winner to win the title opportunity. Well, listen, Dave is right about one thing. I am a very wise man who says very wise things, but we're not going to look back in the past too much. We're going to deal with the present, and we're going to deal with this week's top three scorers. And 
Scott, I really don't want to come to this person first because it breaks it breaks my my, my heart uh, that she is once again in the top three. It is of course Bailey, who was Jack Graham's pick in the second round. She once again picks up a good amount of points this week, nine points. She's recently become his captain. Um, this week, um, she is the top scorer out of the round two draft picks for Jack Graham. What what can be said about Bailey that hasn't already, Scott? I'm, I'm trying to think, and I think in the <laughs> last couple of weeks, like I said, I can't think of anything that I haven't said already. Mm. She will have an interesting few weeks because she will probably be on TV every SmackDown leading up to WrestleMania. Mm. And it's what she does in those weeks that will be interesting because she's the only women's champion at the moment who doesn't have a clear like path to Mania. Yeah, and Stephen, you like this as a stat. You're a stats man. You're the guy who puts together the table. Bailey currently is at 39 points um, to break the record for the highest scoring round two pick. She needs to get up to 56, which would break her own record from season two. Can you see that happening? Is that a thing she's going to do? Uh, potentially, especially if Jack's got her as captain. Although, mm. from what we saw on SmackDown last night, we could finally have the match between her and Sasha being teased, which Ooh. will suit me because it would mean that Sasha would beat her, of course, <laughs> and give me and give me points and stop that tyrant David Hockney winning two seasons in a row. Yeah, <laughs> yes, we do not want that. And and Dave, yes, we, do. don't deny it. <laughs> Dave, we're looking at Bailey, and you know she's now only five points shy of Rhea Ripley in being the top-scoring female draft pick for this season. Do mm-hmm. you think she'll be able to top Rhea by the end of the season? Or do you think, because from my perspective, they're protecting Rhea a wee bit and that they don't want her getting injured before this big Mania match. They might keep it off wrestling on NXT TV. So do you think Bailey is going to once again stake claim to being the top female draft pick of all time? It's certainly looking likely, you know, given, you know, Bailey and Sasha have quite a lot of, you know, promo segments and, you know, Bailey's also had a lot more matches than Rhea in the last sort of few weeks. So as much as I hate to admit it, um, it wouldn't surprise me if Bailey overtook Rhea as the, the highest scoring female. But Rhea Ripley so far has done absolute wonders for me and my team at the minute. So, and I, and I think I agree with you, you know, they're definitely trying to preserve her for this marquee match at WrestleMania, which seems to be the women's marquee match at WrestleMania this year. But I think it would also be great if, you know, maybe Rhea got a couple of squash matches in there, like, uh, say, a few weeks ago on Raw when she squashed Sarah Logan. You know, mm-hmm. it goes to show it makes her look like a dominant champion. And also Charlotte had that match with Bianca Belair on NXT. So I think as long as they're both getting showcased properly across both Raw and NXT, there's still every chance that Rhea can still maintain her place as the top scoring female. Yeah. And, and she's also my captain well, too. That's true. Well, we need to see, you know, it's captain versus captain, Bailey versus Rhea, who's going to take that top female spot. Um, taking the top tag team spot right now, and Dave, I'll come back to you with this, is mm-hmm. Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, the, the, the linchpins of Team Go up until this week. This is the <laughs> last week with the captaincy. They've carried it pretty well. They are the top scoring tag team for this season. They picked up 10 points in NXT TV this week. I just mm-hmm. want your perspective, Dave, because you were the first pick um, in the draft this season, I was the last and uh, still managed second. to get... Oh, well, second, I'm, sorry. Sorry, <laughs> I forgot about that. Um, I was the last pick, right? So why do you think Fish and O'Reilly, who have been like a really, really uh, persistent tag team on NXT for the past year, why did they last to the 10th pick? And do you think that it's going to carry to the end of the season? Um, 
See, that, that's quite a difficult one to call because obviously, you know, since the Royal Rumble season, we've started to see a bit of a, a dip period for the Undisputed Era as a whole. So, mm. and they need to start making way for sort of fresh tag teams coming through on NXT. Case in point, Grizzled Young Veterans have pretty much stamped their place on the NXT tag team titles against the Broserweights. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't expecting Undisputed Era to be picked so far down the list as well, but maybe because said slump maybe scared off a few people choosing them first. But I think they've proved a lot of people wrong that you know they can still go, they can pick up big wins when it counts. But I think what's going to let them down is I don't see them retaining or regaining the tag team championships for quite some time, mm. given you know what they have plans for with Adam Cole potentially going to the main roster. I think there's still a bit of uncertainty up in the air with these two, but it's good to see them, you know, performing well. Yeah, and and we look at the table here, Stephen, for the newcomers to the draft this season. The undisputed either they're the top newcomers um, this season. They've got thirty points. That's five ahead of second place in that particular table, which is Rollins and Murphy. Um, for my team, the total percentage number of points made up of newcomers is 65.75% of the team. Do you think that goes to show that sometimes when it comes to drafting, you can't just look at what's happened the season before or the season before that? It's what Dave said, you need to have a good eye for the future. Oh, definitely, because you talked, David, about um, Alan's decision to pick uh, Rollins and Murphy. Mm-hmm. Uh, last week to Gary, and you said uh, it was a risky one. You both agreed it was a risk, but... Mm. They had a good solid run of points on that one, so it is yeah. all about trying to gauge an idea. I mean, I know we don't always take what the dirt sheets say to matter, you know, mm-hmm. what the because always the rumours from the reports and the journalists is not always accurate, and the journalists will admit that themselves. Yep. But as always, just maybe taking a punt and seeing what's happening on that one. I mean, mm-hmm. I did that with my tag team. I went with the I went with the young bucks for my tag team because I yeah. had a feeling that they were going to dethrone. Uh, well, it was at the time SCU, I think, were the tag champs, maybe at that yeah. point. I can't remember mm-hmm. if it was them or if Omega and Paige had won it by that point, but I thought the Young Bucks would have won it. Obviously, yeah. that didn't quite work out, but mm-hmm. it is all about just um, gauging what's coming in that kind of cycle and seeing what worked out. I mean, Alan actually said that last season he kind of planned for uh, that takeover event in Blackpool, which very yeah. nearly worked out for him. Definitely, and it's something that a lot of us didn't see coming, and that's that's part of the skill in the draft is trying to outthink everyone else, like what's something that the others might not pick up on. Uh, but Scott, I want to go to the, the importance of captaincy because I'd like to announce now for Team Go, I will be taking the captaincy off of Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, and I will be giving it to God's greatest creation, uh, Mandy Rose. You know, um, and the reason for that, I want to explain that in depth. Right, I want to explain that in depth because. Fish and O'Reilly, I believe, will be involved in a triple threat tag team title match at the next NXT TakeOver. It's a title match I do not see them winning whatsoever. And I would see them taking the pinfall in that match, actually, out of all uh, out of all of the teams involved. So I don't want to lose points that way. Um, when you compare it to Mandy Rose, who I don't think has a big loss coming on the cards, to me, it just seems like the smarter move, considering how much time she is getting on TV. Uh, but Scott, I want to know what you think of that decision. Yeah, I think I agree with your decision to take the captaincy off of Fish and O'Reilly because I said, I guess it's like David said, they probably won't uh, get their titles back next week or next year when they challenge the Broser weights. I personally don't see them even getting on the takeover card unless it's like come out and interfered in Adam Cole's match to try and give him an advantage. Mm-hmm. So. I think with like, they'll miss out, lose out in quite a bit of points with them that way. So 
there's no point in giving them the captaincy because I think that would probably be a waste of the captaincy position. Mm-hmm. But as for giving it to Mandy Rose, I mean, you never know with this storyline that she's involved in, we always will go. So, you know, it could pay off, it could not. It's like one of those time will tell situations. Yeah, what do you guys, Stephen and Dave, what do you think of the, the Mandy Rose decision? I heard Dave laughing there in the background. I mean, either you're you're really brave or you're really stupid, but because um, <laughs> I mean, Mandy hasn't had a lot of matches lately. You know, I mean, fair enough, she got a win with Sonya Deville this week, mm-hmm. but I can only see her being the sort of focal point between the the feud between Otis and that giant bastard Ziggler. <laughs> uh, Stephen, what do you think? Uh, I can see your logic, David. I actually think. Uh, given what I've read from last night's uh, NXT UK tapings in Coventry, I mm-hmm. thought Finn Balor might have been a more logical choice. Yeah, but I, I was going to put it on him, but I think he'll lose to Walter. Yeah, but the but the takeover is after Mania. Oh, okay. So, so he's going to be on UK he's gonna, TV. He's, he's going to beat every single one of Imperium in the lead-up. Damn it. Yeah. Uh, oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> that was the moment that my heart broke live on here. <laughs> you could say this was a malfunction at the junction. <laughs> we will see. We will see. I've still got them. I've still got them, my team, you know, even if it's not double points. Anyway, we're, the last person we need to talk about this week is an interesting one because it is Mr. John Moxley and he is the new EW uh, world champion. Obviously, when, wins that um, against Chris Jericho last week. Stephen, I'll come to you first on this one. Uh, were you surprised at the decision to put the, the title on Moxley at this particular point? Yeah, I thought they would have kept on Jericho for at least a wee bit longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe through till double or nothing at the earliest. I didn't really feel this is obviously this is his second pay-per-view defence. Mm-hmm. So the decision to maybe put it on Mox is a bit of a risky one. But at the same time, since the turn of the year, uh, there's not been many hotter wrestlers in wrestling. Yeah. In general, than John Moxley. So it's, it looks as if they're going, the feud's going to continue between him and Jericho. Mm-hmm. So I'm not opposed to it, but I, I would have thought I did have Jericho to win it going into mm. it. That's interesting. Because, Scott, we actually, I want to talk about, because I've been pretty vocal in the AEW. I've said I'm not going to touch AEW um, unless it's like a last round draft thing. But what I did say was if they are still, if top guys from AEW are floating around the third round mark, then they are hot property because they are top guys who are in top title situations and will rack up points. And that has been, remained true here. Alan McLucas, at the start of round three, picks John Moxley as his pick there. And he is the highest scoring round three pick for the season. So are we seeing what we've sort of discussed coming into Providence here with AW top picks going further down the drafting order, but it actually leading to people getting more strength and depth in their team? Yeah, I think so, because Moxley, the last couple of seasons, has had probably more momentum on his side than anybody in AEW, so it felt like it was probably a matter of time before he, he got the title, mm-hmm. and so I think that's why they did it at Revolution, like straight while the iron was hot. I'm kind of, if you've seen our season four draft picks, and uh, you can see my reaction to not being so happy that Jericho got picked before I got a chance, mm-hmm. I'm kind of happy with that now, because... Avoided losing points from losing the title, and it looks like he might be his status on EW may be questionable in the next few weeks because it looks like he may be going away to start that new Fozzie tour soon. Yeah, and it's it's 
it's interesting because uh, Dave, I want to come to you because like, like we've discussed, you drafted straight after Alan McLucas. Mm-hmm. So at the start of round three when he takes John Moxley, was that someone you had your eye on? Like obviously Braun Strowman after that has, has less than half of the points that Moxley has. Um, mm-hmm. So is it something that maybe you would consider for next season looking at these top AEW guys for like round three, maybe the bottom of round two if you're drafting around number nine or ten? Yeah, absolutely. I think AEW is sort of really coming to its own after what's been a sort of shaky few months, um, you know, was trying to find their feet. But what I've said on Wednesday Night Wars uh, in the last sort of few weeks is we believe that AEW has finally got a good rhythm going. It's got big ga- big name guys over like Moxley, like Pac, like Omega, uh, the Young Bucks. Like there's, there's so many to choose from who will make a very successful impact if chosen for their draft teams. And you know, you're not going to be disappointed with the pool of talent that's on display because like, every single week, you know, you could have some fresh faces and, you know, you'll get maybe a segment with the champions. So I would strongly recommend for anybody competing in season five that AEW is a hot commodity at the minute and you should capitalize on it. Yes, yeah, it's, it's actually pretty interesting because they're their mean total of points and their average total of points is actually just under uh, the the total for SmackDown right now. So it's it's interesting how like, AEW, when we cut down the amount of talent that's been drafted from that show and we put it at the sort of, what is the top of that roster, how that affects the sort of draft perception of it. Because I think AEW people are starting to learn its place in the draft, who to take punts on and who not to take punts on. And that's reflected this season. Awesome Kong is really the only disappointing pick from the AEW pool. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes forward. But we're going to have a wee look um, at the table for the week right now. Um, at 10th, it is uh, Team Viscera with Gary Kernahan. For a more in-depth look at that team, check out last week's episode where Gary came on as our very special guest. Um, at 9, we have Stacey. Um, she is happy. She's fighting the relegation battle every every year. She is the Tony Pulis of the ESSR draft, so it is very <laughs> good to see her get off the bottom of that table. Daniel Campbell is at 8 with the Alec experience. Um, and tied in 6th place. Um, much to my chagrin, is myself <laughs> and Jack Graham. Um, just <laughs> go away. Uh, Alan, Alan McLucas is at number five. Stephen Wilson, you're in fourth place. Scott, you're in third, which we will talk about with 84 points. In second, it doesn't matter. And in first place is Mr. David Hockney. Dave, 93 points. But Scott, I'm going to come to you first, right? Because a lot of people were giving you stick in the first couple of weeks of this season. And I said it on this show, Scott's team is a slow burner. You need to wait till Shayna's coming into Providence. You need to wait till all the pieces are falling into place. Do you think that your climb up the table has been a two-week anomaly? Or do you think that you're going to go all the way to WrestleMania? Let me answer that question with a few quotes from the great philosopher, Miss M. Cyrus. So it's going to be an uphill battle. Sometimes <laughs> we're going to have to lose. It ain't about how fast I get there. It ain't about what's waiting on the other side. It's the climb. And this is my story. Shana's <laughs> run through that chamber. Miz and Morrison are going to retain. And Shana's on her way to WrestleMania. I told you, I had a plan. And I needed to wait for it to come into place. And it's all falling into place. Is this a pattern stealing show? <laughs> 
Stephen, I'm going to ask you, obviously, you're, you're, you're in fourth right now, still in a very good position, but if you had to pick someone outside of yourself who you think will win the season, who are you putting the, who's the Vegas odds on? Who are you putting the money on? Uh, uh, I'd probably need to give it to the unskillful uh, un- <laughs> that is, uh, Ross McLeod. I mean, anybody could win when they draw names out of a hat to start with and then take a day to pick their final three after everyone else is picked, you know. But his team is strong. Granted, he's, he has not assembled his team in a very skillful way, but his team is very strong. Uh, I actually think Scott's team is purely down to Shana now. Shana's mm. the guy. It's gonna. It's the guy. Sorry, the the lady <laughs> who will be who will be leading his team because I have a sneaky feeling that Miz and Morrison will probably lose at Chamber. Yeah, it's uh, gonna, M- I think so. M- MGF's not going to do much. It really doesn't deserve to do much. That match with Cody was terrible. Yeah, <laughs> that's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. So, I don't think he's that good a worker. Actually, I actually. No, I think, he's a te- I think he's a terrible worker, and he was showing up in that match with Cody. I mean, Mister Meltzer disagrees with me, but who cares what he thinks? Um, <laughs> so I think a lot of what Scott's doing is going to be down to Shayna, mm-hmm. uh, but he might pick up a bit of momentum from your. Uh, you've got Mandy as your captain, obviously, David. And Scott yeah. might get a wee bit of momentum if what you think about Mandy's going to come to fruition. Yeah, I think you might get some scraps from my table, Scott, so you're welcome uh, <laughs> with your Sonia Deville pick. Uh, Dave, I'm going to come to you. Obviously, you have been, you've been running roughshod throughout this season so far. The momentum has slowed. Where do you think the key areas in your team are? Because obviously the Usos have a big chance to win the tag team titles this Sunday. Um, Naomi is still floating about the SmackDown title scene. Uh, Rhea Ripley's up there. But what do you think the key areas for you are going to be? Oh, looking at Elimination Chamber, I think my best bet to get me big points is Braun Strowman because he's in mm-hmm. a intercontinental title defense, and I can see him holding it until at least WrestleMania. So he's going to be a—I think he's going to be a strong contender for me. With regards mm-hmm. to the Usos, I when I first chose them, I was actually under the impression that they would win the SmackDown, SmackDown tag titles at WrestleMania mm-hmm. because the way I'm seeing Elimination Chamber going, I'm actually predicting Miz and Morrison to retain. Uh, because the Otis Ziggler rivalry, it's I think it's pretty much safe uh, at the mm-hmm. minute. I don't think it needs to be complicated with a tag team title match. Plus, it gives the other tag team yeah. something to do. So, with the the Usos, I'm hoping that they get a ton of momentum for WrestleMania. Braun Strowman, I think he's going to be a safe bet as Intercontinental Champion, and Rhea Ripley, I'm banking on her as my captain to uh, lead the charge and dethrone the Queen. See, Dave, you say that about uh, Otis and Dolph, uh, but there's a lot of people online who are saying that they're not convinced that Otis Dolph as a single match itself has got WrestleMania a bit on it. So if you actually put the tag titles into that, then you could seamlessly fit both that and the tag title match because I don't think the SmackDown Tag Team Championships merits a place on the WrestleMania card as it stands at the moment. Yeah, it's interesting. On that note, what are you supposed to do with the other tag teams then? Because you've got the New Day... Battle Royal! Drew that, nobody cares about the Battle Royal. It'll be interesting to see what happens with it. Um, obviously, the situation will become clearer after this Sunday um, at the Elimination Chamber. It's just interesting that no one took the punt in Otis, um, which I feel that the likes of, when you look at Gary's last pick with Lana and Stacey's last pick with um, with Awesome Kong, I think people will be ruining that decision not to take the punt on Otis. In fact, they couldn't. The last male, who was the last male pick that could have had him? Um 
In fact, Steve, in your last mail pick was Pete Dunn, so you aren't you aren't ruining that decision. In fact, yeah, I'm criticizing myself. Fucking <laughs> sorry, sorry, swear. Should have taken notes over Johnny Bloody Gargano. Anyway, here we go. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm looking at it. I'm like, who's the idiot? Oh, the idiot is me. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> 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 anyway, guys, we're going to get into it. If you win a draft season, you get an ESSR title opportunity. Um, that opportunity comes when you are the, on, next on the main show uh, with the current champion. We record it then. Or you have the opportunity to come on the greatest show in the history of planet Earth, uh, Saturday Draft Live, and have the opportunity here. That is what the competitors have arranged to do in this instance. So we will have the champion, Stephen Wilson, Defending against the challenger, David Hockney. Now, before we get into that, Scott McLeod, I'm going to come to you for a prediction before this match happens. Who's going to walk out of here, the SSR champion? Um, what would you rather throw in your face, cat shit or dog shit? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> dog shit every day of the week, so that's me. <laughs> Meow. Anyway, right, let's get into this. <laughs> right, guys, here's the questions. The way it's going to work, I need you within 20 seconds of the question being asked to submit your answer via Facebook message to Scott McLeod. Is that understood? Yep. Yep. Okay, guys. So the question relates to the Elimination Chamber, which, of course, takes place this Sunday. The question is, after this Sunday's event... How many women will have competed inside an elimination chamber? So after this Sunday's event, how many women will have competed inside an elimination chamber? Please, if you could, send your answers oh, to Mr. Scott McLeod. Sure now. <laughs> I think it's a good question. It's a really good question. All right, I've sent my answer. So You submitted it. Okay, so Scott, mm -hmm. who was it that sent their answer in first? Mm, David Hockney sent his answer in first, but luckily both men have given different answers. They've both given different answers. That's mm -hmm. good. What was Scott's, uh, Scott, what was uh, Dave's answer? What was David Hockney's answer? David Hockney's answer was 18. Stephen's answer was 13. So let me give you the count. We had the Elimination Chamber for the Women's Tag Team Championships, which featured Billy Kay, Peyton Royce, Liv Morgan, Sarah Logan, Naomi Carmella, Nia Jax, Tamina, Sasha Banks and Bailey, and Mandy Rose and Sonia Deville. That's 12 competitors. Oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> the Raw Elimination Chamber took us up to 14 because four uh, of the women who competed in the tag team uh, competed man. in that. So it takes us to Mickey James and Alexa Bliss. This year, we have four new competitors ah, in the Elimination ah. Chamber, which means the answer is 18. Boom. And you're new. <laughs> Eat, sleep, suplex, retweet champion, Mr. David Hockney. Baby! <laughs> Guys, the curse is broken for the first time ever. A draft winner has successfully won the ESSR championship off of their title shot. Dave, how do you feel? I feel fantastic. <laughs> Brilliant. 
<laughs> so another, Dave, this means another first ever historic moment in the history of ESSR. Stop, stop oh, stealing oh, people's power! Make up your own power! That's the theme of this show. Let's just roll with it. <laughs> Stephen, Stephen, it's the second time that you've came on uh, Saturday Draft Live in this sort of situation, and it's the second time you lost. How does this loss? Uh, how does this loss feel? You know what? I'm not too bothered because I can now go into the Elimination Chamber Draft and go with a complete take a punt strategy. With no <laughs> worries at all. I've won more championships than anybody other than Scott. You know, yeah. <laughs> so you're ready to go. You're ready. I to go. am absolutely. I do not care. I have. I am engaged. Oh, Jesus, oh, Scott. You know, Scott. I have, I'm committed. I don't care. <laughs> Scott, what did you think when you saw those answers coming in there? I mean, honestly, I knew the answer. So when I seen Dave actually, actually not only got the answer right, he got spot on. I'm like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> So I sucked the window, but I could hear from your voice. I was like, someone's got this bang on 18. Just to allude to what Stephen's talking about there, um, obviously the title is on the line um, in the sweepstakes. Um, however, at Elimination Chamber this Sunday, only six of the Eat Sleep Super X and Tweet team will be competing for the title at Elimination Chamber. Those six are the most prolific um, of draft competitors over the years, and Oh, one will win the title, but the other five will not be able to compete at uh, WrestleMania in the sweepstakes for the title. Which means, because I am unfortunately departing ESSR after WrestleMania, that this could potentially be my last ever opportunity to win the Eat Sleep Suplex Retreat title for a fifth time. So I just want to say to the three of you, it's been an absolute pleasure. But this Sunday, I am going to bloody destroy every single one of you. And I will take great, great pleasure in doing so. So, Mr. Hockney, please enjoy your championship belt. Enjoy a little bit of the bubbly. Please enjoy your celebrations. But this Sunday at Elimination Chamber, it's not a matter of whether I want to win. It's a matter of that I need to win that championship. So let's see what's going to happen. You know, Scott, pleasure having you as always. Thank you. I mean, I know you're clearly going for what Trish Stratus, your hero, did in her final match, Unforgiven 06, go out as a champion. Oh, God. <laughs> Don't say that. You're going to make me cry. Uh, Stephen, thank you very much for coming in and hard lines, my man. Ah, it's fine, you know. I've got, I've got better things to live for than that championship. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, you don't. How does it feel? <laughs> uh, well, you assume wrong, because I have plenty of good things to live for at the minute, and this is just another one to add to the uh, the list of um, list of great things. Yes, he, so, stocked up, he, stocked, he stocked up the football yesterday. <laughs> well Dave I do not right, so I want the body belt back anyway, guys, come and get me we will see you next week on Saturday Draft Live until then I'm a draft man boom boom <laughs>